Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the Leafs Combo Podcast presented by Oak Ridge Ford. It is Tuesday, February 25th. The NHL trade deadline, 2020 styles, has come and gone. The Maple Leafs not doing much other than reacquiring the services of Jake Muzzin for the next several seasons to come. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Norm. Um, yeah, it was a rather uneventful and disappointing deadline day for the Leafs. Um, I almost think that because, you know, they did make a minor move early in the morning. They reacquired Callie Rosen from Colorado from Michael Hutchinson, which, you know, Hutchinson was out of a job because Jack Campbell was acquired and he probably wasn't going to be brought back. And Rosen has another year in a contract and is well versed in playing for Sheldon Keefe. And I believed and I still do believe that that move was made to bridge the gap between the deadline and when Morgan Riley was coming back uh, if they traded Tyson Berry. And I believe that he was out there and they were shopping him, but they didn't trade him because they didn't get the return that they were expecting for him. And that may be a product of the fact that he only went on the market in the last three or four days after the embarrassing losses over the last week. And it was tough to sort of generate a market for somebody who was just on uh, the market for a few days. And the Leafs were a bit flat-footed too, right? They didn't acquire Tyson Berry for Nazem Kadri with the idea that they would pitch him off at the trade deadline. They, they were thinking this guy would be a stalwart mm-hmm. and a, a key figure back on the blue line. Unfortunately, things haven't worked out for the team in general. So a guy like Barry, who a lot of people believe leaves a lot to be desired when he's on the ice becomes susceptible to trade potential. So he's vulnerable in many ways because he hasn't played to the level everybody expected him to. And the Leafs just aren't collectively doing what uh, they should be doing at this point in their development. Well, him staying the entire year was based on the aspirations that this team was going to be a contender or at least a definite playoff team. And we know that that's not the case. It's up in the air, the way the team is playing. One game, great. One game, embarrassingly pitiful. Um, You can't really depend on this team uh, where they're going to go. And I don't think anybody in their right mind at this point thinks that they can beat in a wild card series in the first round, Pittsburgh or Washington, or beat Tampa or Boston uh, in the first round. Now, that being said, you know, I, I agree with Dubas that, you know, and he didn't say this, but I think that the general consensus is if Barry is out there and you're getting a second round pick and or something like that, then that doesn't really do anything for you. If you, you get your first round pick back, which is the price of a power play quarterback at the deadline, then I think they would have made that move and pulled that trigger. But since you weren't getting the return back, then mm-hmm. it makes more sense to keep them roll the dice on the current team, see what they do, put the pressure on them, which I think he squarely did with his comments yesterday. And then after the season, after the result of the season, then you address the issues with this team, which are plentiful. What do you think management's expectation of this group is for the rest of the regular season and the playoffs? I think their expectation is for them to get into the playoffs. I can't, I can't see anybody in their right mind, management or fans, thinking they can advance uh, past the first round. I mean, anything is possible. Anderson gets hot. You know, they play the Bruins and they lose Bergeron. You know, the things like that happen. It's very possible. But in terms of 
matching head-to-head, mano-a-mano against a Bruins team that they've lost to three times in the last six or seven years, or Tampa Bay coming off last year when they got embarrassed by Columbus, or Pittsburgh who loaded up with players like Patrick Marlowe at the deadline, or Washington. I don't see them having a chance, but again, that's why they play the games. And if Dubas were to do something bold and drastic, Dick, and if Dubas were to do something bold at the trade deadline, something drastic and in numbers trade-wise, mm-hmm. wouldn't he be, in a way, waving the white flag on his strategy and his implementation of the style of game that he hopes will lead this team to the promised land? In a way, but I, I see the thing is, like I was, I was skeptical in regards to them being sellers because, because of that reason. But I think the last week proved that they wouldn't and, and nixed any possibility of them being buyers for, you know, the Joe Thornton's or, you know, like mm-hmm. there were veteran guys out there that were rumored to be interested in Toronto, Zach Bogosian being another one. I think after the losses during the week, they basically said, we're not giving any more assets away for a team that clearly can't, you know, can't put two good efforts together. They're going to have to do this on their own. We were going to help them, but now they have to help themselves. And I think that's the right approach. And I think, as I said before, Dubas is going to look at this team in the offseason after the results of the year and say, okay, this is what I got to do to change things. And I think anybody who looks at this team objectively says they're spending too much money on forwards, some of the same type of forwards, and their defense and their team defense is pitiful. The deadline acquisition should be the cherry on top, the final pieces to a puzzle. The Leafs haven't played to a degree that would indicate they are missing the final pieces. Mm -hmm. So on they go. Me bringing that up, do you recall a trade deadline in which a team stumbling big time made a huge deal and automatically turned it into a winner? Uh, I mean, there have been examples. I, 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 know, I do know in the past, I can't spe- specify one of them, but I mean, usually it's to, it's to enhance a team that is already mm-hmm. successful. And that's why I think Dubas did what he did. They're, they're obviously a middling team right now. Uh, they're obviously yeah. a, a team that, you know, one game they play great, one game they play terrible. You can't nail them down. There's, I think the... You know, the, the, the key word of this season is consistency, and it's something that the Leafs don't have any of. And that, that is a problem because you see those Bostons and Tampas and Washingtons mm-hmm. and Pittsburghs, they are consistent. They, you know, they bring yeah. it most every night. And if you look at the, the landscape of the East, I think the only uh, – the Eastern Conference, the only team that really got worse, in my mind, is Florida. They traded Trocheck. And they got, you know, three pieces back. One of them, uh, Prisky, the defenseman, is not probably going to play this year. They got Halla and Walmark. I don't think they got better, and that's the Leafs' main competition for a playoff spot. Carolina got better, the Islanders got better, and the four teams got better. So, you know, they're, it's an uphill battle for this season. And But, you know, no mistake about it. If they fa- fall short, if they fall short of expectations, mm-hmm. which they are right now, and, you know, we won't find that out until April in the playoffs. If after the season, when Kyle Dubas evaluates this roster and evaluates the season in total, I'm sure he's not going to be happy unless they make an unforeseen run to the second round or the conference final. I'm convinced that there will be major roster changes to this, to this team. Talk to you soon.
Thanks, Norm.